Take 1,467. Uh-oh, not Matt. Oh, look at that. Hey everybody, it's Garrett. Welcome to this week's episode of Lethal Podcast. This week I sat down with my buddy Leon Luna from EO Boys. Talked about life, talked about hunting, talked about arrows. Hopefully you enjoy it. I know it's a little bit of a divorce from what we normally talk about, but I enjoyed sitting down and talking to him, so hopefully you like what we got going on too. Uh, as always, please head on over to huntersblendcoffee.com, pick yourselves up some coffee, use the code ABF at checkout, and you will get, I believe, 10% off of your order, and that 10% then goes to the Ashby Bow Hunting Foundation. So, without further ado, here is Leon Luna. Okay, I think we're going now. Yeah, let's roll one. All right, well, what's up, Leon? How's it going, man? <laughs> Not so bad. Uh, fuck, what do you want to talk about? I'm down to talk <laughs> about whatever. Well, you just fixed my bow for me and tuned it up, so it's That's nice true. and good. Should be shooting good. Shooting pinholes now. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, let's talk about you a little bit. Talk about me? How right. the hell, like, what made you want to do the EO Boys stuff? Okay, so I've actually been asked that question quite a bit, and... The simple way to break it down is there's a lot of people in Western Oregon who film, obviously, like Born and Raised Outdoors and stuff like that. You got big Cam Haynes on the west side yeah. and stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to show people what it's like to hunt on the east side, mm. on the on the good side of the state. Showing everybody the freaking <laughs> yeah. honey holes is what well, you're doing. <laughs> not trying to show them the honey holes, but trying to just show them that there's actually good hunting in Eastern Oregon if yeah. you go to the right spots. Right. Yeah, there's a shit ton of people in certain areas. Like, if you try and hunt the Hefner unit. You're going to see every... Oh, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> many people there. Everybody from the town down in there. So I just wanted to capture and be able to show people what it's like to hunt in Eastern Oregon. And then more on a selfish level, I wanted to keep that for me and my family and just use that footage to show my kids later on down in the in the future and nice. show them what, what kind of shit I got myself into and what hell holes I climbed into with friends <laughs> and whatnot to try and get a bear or something. Going hunting with Ben, you learn yeah. real quick. You're like, uh oh, I don't. What did I? Why? Why did you do that? Yeah, but it was it was a good time, and, and I've just been trying to expand it from there. We've got social media, YouTube, and recently started a podcast. So just slowly growing day by day, working on getting everything super official, like with a business license and a yeah. website and shit like that. But for now, just friends selling shirts and hats to friends and stuff like that just keeping it simple seems like you're doing i mean you it's got, slowly growing i see your shit everywhere like before i knew you i was like yo boys what the hell is this <laughs> yeah. like what what is this where did it come from who is it and then you know i finally met you yeah. bear hunting one year i was like oh okay i got it yeah yeah so one thing that's helped me is i went into smitty's there in hermiston and just kind of talked to the people i was like hey i'm starting this brand up would you guys be interested in selling some stuff here and they were like, yeah, shit, bring it in. Hmm. So I brought in some hats and whatnot, and they just started selling them there. And it seems like everybody's starting to buy them from there. And That's nice. Now now there's hats and shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. But So you, I think you told me that you didn't grow up hunting or anything? No, man. So I had some family members that hunted, but I, I did fish, mm-hmm. but nothing took, I mean, we used a Fifty dollar Walmart pole. Oh, of course. We put the biggest. Got, got we, one of those right there. We put the fucking <laughs> biggest hook we could put on there, and then like a, I think it was like a ten or no no, shit. Now I forgot which. It was the one, the ones that came in the pack. We'd grab the biggest ones out of the pack from the gas station. Mm-hmm. Couple, chuck a couple shit. <laughs> chuck a couple worms on there, and then just try and go sturgeon fishing every time. And then whatever we caught, that's what we caught. Normally it was sucker fish, mm-hmm. and then we caught some bass and stuff like that, but. I didn't, I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't get into hunting until I was uh, 20. And was, you're how old now? I'm 25, nice. so I'm still a rookie. Yeah, well, very new. I'm greenhorn. I'm greenhorn as far as like elk hunting is concerned. Yeah. Like I I go out all the time. I just follow Dave. I'm like, where are yeah, we going? Dave's yeah, like, well, we're going here. Don't, good teachers. don't fuck it up. I'm like, cool. I that, probably will. <laughs> that's one thing I, I tried doing though is just surrounding myself with good people who knew what they were doing. Yeah. 
this last season was perfect situation for me because I didn't I hunted opening weekend and that was it mm. and then I went up to Opal Butte and I was filming for Casey yeah. Casey Hawker and it, all the guides that were up there it took my hunting skill level to a whole new a whole oh, other yeah. level as soon as Just you're be- around people that actually know the right things to do exactly. yeah you're like oh I was doing the whole well, I was doing this all wrong. Yeah, like even <laughs> just learning thermals. I mean, I knew of thermals and stuff like that, yeah. but learning thermals, knowing what the prevailing winds are going to do in the situation, like when you're coming up over a rise and stuff like that. So just surrounding myself with those good people and good hunters, mm-hmm. it just, I think this next season will be one hell of a year for me. Should be. Personally hunting. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'll be able to take my game to the next level. I think so. I mean, shit, I, I came from, you know, I came from Ohio. Yeah. So tree stand hunting, like that's, that's all I did was, you know, hunting a tree stand, you sit there and it's boring as shit. And I never, if I never had to do it again, I wouldn't be upset about it just cause now that I'm here and doing spot and stock, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. It's definitely a lot funner. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I don't think I've been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD or anything <laughs> oh, like that. I haven't either, but, but, but holy shit, I've I get got it. bored. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, like I sit there for an hour. Yeah. For like here. an hour, just sitting there twiddling <laughs> my thumbs and losing my mind, pulling my hair out. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Come on out. Come out here. Dude, I played so, so many just games on my phone same, in a tree stand. I'm like, <sighs> and then you hear like, that's when shit sneaks up on you. Yep. You're, you're sitting there not paying attention. Then there's a deer 10 yards under your stand. You're like. So funny, <laughs> funny story about that. My first bull that I've ever shot, it was back in 2015. No, 2016. It was 2016. I shot my first bull mm. and it, I was sitting in a tree stand and my buddy and I had found like a wallow area set up that, and there was game trails coming in. So we set it up there and I was sitting there on my phone playing games. Like you're just saying, I was <laughs> playing the game yeah. and I caught something out of the corner of my eye to my right side. And I like glanced over there and I was like, holy shit, that's a bull. So I slowly <laughs> put my phone in my pocket. I grabbed my bow, hooked up my release to it. And then it just started coming in and it went behind a tree. So I stood up mm. and I drew back. And as it was coming in, it got within like 10 yards of me. And that's when I just fucking center punched it. And that's nice. It didn't go more than a hundred yards and <laughs> died. So I've never, it's yeah. effective. You just got to know where yeah. to put them and have the patience to sit there. I don't have that part. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> I even struggle with it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if that, I mean, if you are really good at killing bulls that way, it, you know, it has its place, but for me, I'm just like, I'd, I'd rather roll the dice on myself, like, you know, my own skill level to get close on the ground. Oh yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I I prefer doing it that way. It's just. Well, yeah. I I mean, you also, that was, was that your first or second year hunting? It was my third year. I killed it on my third year hunting and I had done the other stuff hiking around i didn't know much about calling or anything mm-hmm. like that so i was kind of just hiking around beating brush and then finally i was like you know what i'm gonna try something a little different i'm gonna set up a tree stand yeah see if this will work and sure shit it worked i know i mean there's a ton of people like over in the areas that we hunt like the thick shit mm-hmm. people sit tree stands and yeah. they are pretty successful doing it but i just it's not for me yeah, anymore the patience there. I don't <laughs> well, really you know i grew up i moved here when i was 25 so i did that for 14 years and just now yeah. i'm just like oh there's another way yeah. and i actually you know with that's the great thing about oregon too or out west in general is just all the public land yeah there's a so lot. you know i was hunting on i grew up hunting my dad had 24 acres so the first 10 deer i killed were off of that 24 acre patch it's and crazy like how everybody back east they hunt such small yeah. parcels of land it's yeah. like us we're thousands hiking, of acres just yeah, hiking around yeah, for hiking, miles on end hiking three to 10 miles a day yeah. you're like shit yeah and but, then yeah, you guys are just sitting there in a yeah tree I, I walk like, 100 <laughs> yards i park my freaking car or whatever 100 yards from my tree stand and walk into the woods and then i just sit there and then i walk 100 yards out yeah it's crazy it's like it was i mean it was a rude awakening to come out here just how much you actually have to move yeah like yeah. you know you go to a spot you don't see anything you don't hear nothing go to a new spot or you hike or whatever and I was definitely not in shape for that. <laughs> I was like, oh, we have to go all the way over there? That's really deep canyon we're going to go down into. It's He's like, yeah, but deep. that's that's where the elk are. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> okay, man. Well, I guess if that's where I got to go to kill something, that's where I got to go. Yeah. So going back to me <clears throat> starting out, I 
got into it by a buddy of mine. He had an extra bow laying around, and he's like, hey, do you want to go bow fishing? I was like, I've never gone. Dude, Fuck it, so let's go. Fun. So we got everything set up. We got a, I got a reel and a arrow rigged up for bow fishing, and we started driving around. And I had like a 15-foot aluminum boat or whatever, and we would oh, nice. go around in this pond, and we started shooting them. And then I was like, you know what? I want to set this boat for hunting. I'd like to hunt big game because I'd never done it before. And like me growing up, I was always playing sports. And yeah. and then I went off and played college baseball for a couple of oh. years. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm baseball. I don't want to play baseball anymore. And I kind of just hunting fell on my lap. And I was like, you know what? I could see this. I li- I liked getting the shit kicked out of me and, yeah. uh, and having to work for something. And then. And I was like, you know what? This could work out for me. So I kind of just went balls deep in it and started going ape shit. <laughs> so nice. it, it, it worked out in my favor to where I enjoy it. I'm getting a good workout in. It's being able to provide for my family. So yeah. it all just works out. My wife kind of doesn't like the fact that I'm spending a lot of money on gear and shit like that. But Dude, other than that, she likes it. Every year, like I think, you know, you start going and you're like, oh, I'm once I buy this stuff like i'm good for a long time yeah, and every year it's just happen. more shit you're like <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh great and you're like oh i thought i was done buying stuff and then something new comes out yep. that you're like oh wow that i i actually need that because mm-hmm. it'll like you know people give gear guys a bunch of shit because it's just like oh how much gear do you need it's like well this gear if it lets me stay out another couple hours like yeah. that could be the difference in the season yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's a matter of inches and seconds yeah and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, yeah, you, you know, I could probably be successful with like a $300 bow and, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. Basic shit you from know, Blue jeans and, yeah. or, you know, whatever. But it's so much easier to have the good stuff. Mm-hmm. If you can afford it, like, you know, and you know, a lot of people don't have the means to do it or whatever, but, and they're plenty successful. Like, I know plenty of people that are more successful than I've been and they run the same shit that they ran for 20 years I'm like, yeah oh, well i mean like you like have a- the skill which i have the skills but like they're not honed you know like mm-hmm. i just started doing this so they're not honed at all and just the gear helps i mean it's also confidence booster like yeah i mean you look good if you feel you look good you feel good right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's just yeah, i don't know it's a it's a different world out here but i'm so happy that i moved here like it and yeah i don't know we're just going to have to get you moved over to the east side. Yeah, maybe. The, the better side of the state. <laughs> I like to go there and hunt, but the convenience of the west side is nice. Yeah. I mean, I you, mean, live, you live here, too. So like, And the only reason I live here is because I'm finishing up school. Okay. So that, that's the only reason. If not, I would be back east or yeah. at least somewhere like Hood River, Dallas area. I'd, just, eventually, I'd like to move like in the middle of nowhere outside of Bend, preferably. No, that'd or be like, nice. yeah. you know, like over, over there or... I know. I lived in Hepner for a year when I first moved here, uh-huh. and like just living in Hepner, yeah. There's not much to do there. There's but... nothing to do, and it's not convenient. Like, so I work on on location during the week. Yeah. So I'm gone four days a week from home, and when I was working there, I was driving to and from work every day, which is it was like 45 minutes or whatever. But on the weekends when I'd want to go do shit, I'd have to go to Tri Cities or come yeah. to Portland. So mm-hmm. three hour drive or whatever. I'd rather live in the place that has the stuff i can go to the grocery store it's 20 minutes away or whatever i mean hepner has a grocery store too but <sighs> kind of it's small <laughs> yeah kind of uh, but i guess it also depends on what kind of lifestyle you want to live like yeah i know there's a lot of people who over here they like the bar scene they like going yeah. downtown doing shit like that just going out all the time yeah i don't do that a whole lot so like my justification for living here isn't really that strong, yeah. but yeah. I do like the convenience of, you know, if I, you know, I have friends here too. So you want to go see a movie or something yeah. like all well, before the freaking pandemic, <laughs> yeah. I could, you could just go to a movie. Scamdemic. And, yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so what was your, like when you were growing up, what was that like? Where'd you, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Oregon, Oregon, small okay. town in Eastern Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, went to a small school. We had like 40 some, 49, 48 kids in my graduating class. Same. We had like 54. Yeah. We, <laughs> we went to grade school all the way up to graduating together. And, and I, I lived with my parents, obviously, and my dad owned his own trucking company. So I would say a lot of the values and, 
and work ethic that have been instilled in me have come from my both of my parents, my dad specifically because he grew up doing a lot of uh, migrant labor camps and working in, in like migrant work mm. because he used to uh, go to Burley, Idaho a lot and do like potatoes, onions, okay. stuff like that. They'd work in the fields. So him growing up there, he obviously struggled. His family, they struggled financially and stuff like that. So then growing up, he kind of just showed me and helped me develop a work ethic that carried on with me throughout the rest of my life. So I went to went to my high school, graduated at the top of my class, got a badass scholarship to go to school. Where'd you go play baseball? Uh, Corbin University. It's a NAIA school in Salem. Hmm, okay. Not very big. Yeah. But I only played there for a couple years. I mean, and you, you made it farther than I did in <laughs> baseball. Like that was so that was my like dream as a kid too. Like I, I was really good quote yeah. unquote at football for my school. Like yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, my yeah. area. Like yeah. I was really good. That's and how then, I was with baseball. Well, baseball and football. I played all three football, basketball, baseball, yeah. but I rode the pine in basketball. I was more of a, a towel waver, bench warmer. Yeah, I was the I was fat. Like I could run fast. So I was the dude that they'd send in to shadow people for, yeah. for basketball. Like they're yeah. But if I got the ball, I'd be like, "Well, fuck, get that away yeah, from me! Yeah. I don't, I don't want that ball." Yeah, get, I, wasn't, I'm I not, wasn't very good. Yeah, like I, I think my best scoring game was like, I think I had ten points. And yeah, I felt, no shit, that's dude, the same with me. Yeah, that's like the like, highest scoring. Yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, I got ten points tonight. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, but, same. Yeah, uh, baseball or football. Um, I was more naturally gifted at football. Like I, I mean, you got a built for a football player. Yeah, what, were you a linebacker? Tailback. Tailback. Okay. Um, I was much smaller as a, as okay. a kid. <laughs> I was like. My freshman year, I was like 145 pounds. My oh, sophomore shit. year, I was like 165. I think I was 145 but... pounds in like fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so small. But since like, you know, I was so small. But the senior classes, I when I was a freshman, those dudes were huge. Yeah. Like the smallest guy was my build, you yeah. know. And so I didn't like getting hit. I hated getting hit. So mm-hmm. I learned to run away from people. Um, But so, you know. I was good at football, and then I tore my labrum my sophomore year, so I missed the last three games of the season. Mm. But I liked baseball more, and I was—I mean, I was pretty good at baseball too. Um, but then once you start going to like camps and shit, and you see other people that are like really, really good—that's like, that's like kind of what happened with me. Like, yeah, I was like, good oh. for my town, and I was like—I wouldn't say I was a star, but I was one of the better players on the team. Yeah, and then going to high school, holy shit, or going to college—that's a whole different yeah, ball like, game and oh, guys, you guys have been st- playing just baseball your yeah. whole life <laughs> yeah they, they didn't have the well well-rounded like i wouldn't say athleticism but they mm-hmm. didn't participate in like football basketball and baseball they were yeah. like strictly baseball only like a lot of them came from southern california la mm-hmm. area okay. san diego yeah and they played baseball 365 yeah all the time and me i i only played it i played some summer ball i did a little bit of fall ball but mm-hmm. And mainly just a spring baseball season, but I I was nowhere near as good as a lot of those guys on the team. Yeah, I was smaller, slower, not as good of an arm, and that's why I only ended up playing two years because I just I wasn't able to compete at that level. So. Yeah, I I mean, <clears throat> I wish like I quit football because like the so the coach we had was a really good coach, but he came from like a really big school in Columbus, so the capital of Ohio. Yeah. He came from a really big private school in Columbus, and he got sucked into, like, the politics of a the small town. Sp- oh. Okay. Um, so, like, it was more uh, it was more people, like, parents complaining, and he actually gave in to their wishes. So I was the best tailback we had, but I started to get benched, and then... I ended up quitting because so my going into my junior year, the coach, like I was, I was waffling back and forth because my shoulder was fucked up still. Like yeah. it, like I couldn't. It seems I, like I couldn't once you throw. get that surgery, it doesn't re- repair as well. It, it's fine now, but like I couldn't, like I was so focused on baseball, like personally for me, like uh, that not being able to throw, like was really like that fucked up my head. Yeah. Um, but then I got benched. When I went, we went, we had like a seven on seven tournament or whatever, and they didn't play me like at all. And I went, it was like a two hour bus ride and shit. So I was all pissed off. And then I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play. I think I'm just going to focus on baseball like that. I was just, I'm like, I'm ready to just focus on baseball. 
and the coach called me and he told me that he's like, yeah, so the defense is really going to miss you this year. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what was that? Like, the defense is really going to miss you this year. If you don't, if you don't play like the team team's going to miss you on defense. I'm like, uh, I was our leading rusher the last two years. What do you mean the defense is going to like? I played both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, was I mean with a small school? Yeah, that, that's I, what I, I was, did. I, I was played corner, both sides. Yeah, I was cornerback and tailback. But yeah, just to hear that was my stopping point. I'm like, nah, I don't need this in my life. I don't need this negativity. Yeah, it's like no, you sure. know that you need me on offense, but to say that, I'm like, nah, I'm over it. But then yeah, just went to baseball. Started putting all my time into that. Played fall ball and played summer ball. Like got on a travel team that year, and then like started going to camps and shit. But yeah, same. I ran into the same thing. Like I didn't ever really have like my best performances at the camps and stuff that I would go to. Yeah. Just I don't know if it was pressure or whatever, but just didn't have good days at those. And all the other dudes seemed to be tip top i'm like maybe i'm just not maybe i'm just not as good i don't yeah, know just not but, cut out yeah, yeah i'm like maybe i'm just not as good so once i got done with high school i just went to college and dicked off doing whatever i wanted but yeah I, I think i got a lot of work ethic from my parents too like my parents were divorced when i was three and my my mom always uh like she always worked um but she you know had a lot of service jobs like she was a server mm-hmm. at a lot of places and worked in um she was a manager at a place for a while, but she, you know, I got to, I saw that like, you know, not a lot of money struggle. Yeah. Yep. My dad had a pretty good job at Honda. Um, so like, I didn't ever really want for anything, but like I had to see my parents work hard oh, yeah. and you know, it, like, I, that I, sticks I saw that with a lot you of that too. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you see your parents working hard and trying to save money. So like with my dad's trucking company, we did everything ourselves. So like when I was a kid, three, four years old, I was out there helping my brother like change lights. We got pictures in this, this book that we got published in or my brother got published in. And I was out there helping him change lights on the trailer, like a brake light or something on the trailer. And ever since then, like I've always been out there helping him. I mean, it, it was a lot different when I went out to college and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I wasn't able to help him. So my little brother helped him more, Yeah, but I was always out there helping him. I mean, I'd come home from school and after practice and should I be out till 10, 11 o'clock at night helping them change brakes on the truck or mm-hmm. we would do our own overhauls on the truck, repair everything. And I mean, that definitely carried out with me throughout the rest of my life and like building a work ethic yeah. and just making sacrifices for fam, your family and friends and stuff like that and just helping out. So I, and it sucked because my dad was gone a lot on the road because he used to do long haul. So he'd mm-hmm. go from Oregon to Texas okay. twice a month. Oh, geez. So it was, he missed a lot of sports, a lot of my school events, stuff like that. But my mom did, a, I think my mom did a hell of a job, like pretty much raising my brother and I, since she was there all the time with us. Yeah. She did. She did a phenomenal job. I think, I mean, I don't, people could say I'm a dickhead or something, <laughs> but I mean, when, when there's a time to be polite and yeah. you, I mean, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Stuff like that. She did. She did a good job, and I think, I think that, like, I don't know, like, growing up in a an environment where, like, I guess, I mean, you could say I came from a broken home because I guess you know, yeah. divorce or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, growing up in that environment where, like, there's a lot of chaos or whatever. Like, you, not to say that you get calloused or whatever, but that's, I mean, that's almost what it is. Like, you learn early on that, like you don't let like, like you don't let people fuck you over yeah like, no definitely you, definitely not. as soon as that happens yeah, yeah you're just like uh, my dad, we're not gonna be friends anymore yeah dad, we're not, we're not doing this so like my dad even today he's like you know what i've got a handful of friends i can count i can count my friends i have a lot of acquaintances yeah. but i can count my friends on one hand yeah he's like you value good people right and you keep them close to you and then like other people, if they if they get the chance, they will fuck you over. Oh yeah, and I've had several of those occasions mm. happen throughout my life. But I've got I've got a good group of friends that I can call. I mean, if I if I call them, be like, hey, grab a shovel, meet me over here. <laughs> yeah, they'd, oh, I've they'd, got those they'd be there. <laughs> yeah, and they'd be like, what's going on? And like, you'll figure it out when you get here. Yeah, like I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you on not on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they'd be they'd be there for me whenever I needed them. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of I know a lot of people that, you know, it's taken them until later in life to learn that or whatever. Yeah. Which, like, it sucks because, you know, you have friends or acquaintances or whatever mm-hmm. that, you know, 
you see the same patterns of the shit that you grew up around or whatever. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, that's not good. Like, that's not a good situation. You need to get yourself out of it. And they yeah. don't, you know, they don't want to listen because they're like, well, who the fuck are you? You don't know me. Like, nah, I know that situation, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I've tried to do, like, avoid a bunch of that shit now that I'm getting older and, like, yeah. all the negativity. I, I'm trying to just, like, eliminate all the negativity out of my life, get all the cancerous people out of my life mm-hmm. so like there's some people that i would i would have called friends but they're just they're not in a good place in life yeah. where i need to be around them right and like the situations and the stuff that they do i that's just going to get me in trouble i don't right. need to be around it so like yeah, yeah. cancerous people i'll i if you're one of them sorry but you're, you're, <laughs> there's a reason i'm not hanging out yeah, with you exactly and if you look hard enough you'll know why it yeah, is exactly yeah yep so i just I try to eliminate all that negativity from my life and kind of just do right by my family my wife and close friends and stuff yeah. like that it's not surprising that you've taken like i mean what do you do for work like outside of the so i'm trying to finish up my engineering degree okay and I had a part-time job at UPS throughout the school year, so mm. I was working there 30, 40 hours a week as a part as a engineering supervisor. So doing that, and then now that it's summer, I picked up another job, so I'm working like crazy. I got a landscaping job and then that UPS job, and I've just been doing that throughout the week, and then on the weekends, just whatever I can, free time hunting or going out fishing, being with my wife, stuff like that. So work is... It's there. I mean, it's not a job I plan to keep for the rest of my life. That's right. for sure. Yeah, but yeah. just to get me through this next chapter, I'm, I'm like, I'm finishing up one chapter of my life. I'm getting close to where I'm graduating. I'll be graduating pretty much in the December. I'll be pretty much done with my classes nice. and I'll have my bachelor's of engineering, mechanical engineering. And I'm just trying to get myself set up in the right position to where this next chapter of my life is, well, <laughs> hopefully... It's not, I mean, it's not too surprising. I mean, you know, growing up around your dad was an entrepreneur, so it's yeah. not, it's not yeah, surprising yeah. that you do something in that realm. Like, is that like other than like, obviously you probably want to get an engineering job too, but do you want to take like eventually is your end game to do like film and shit I, as a job or is it just something fun? I think film more is just like something fun, hobby on the side type stuff. I mean, I wouldn't mind filming for like a hunting organization or an outfitter or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I don't think I'd want to do it as a full-time job unless, I mean, good pay, good benefits, something (laughs) something along those lines. I'd (laughs) I'd learn whatever I need to learn in order to do that. But me, I think I'd I'd like to see EO Boys grow a little bit more and then maybe get it to the point where I can do that full-time. That'd be ideal. That'd be the ideal situation where I can film and film – hunts that I go on or other people go on and stuff like that and have an income where I can still support my family. And yeah. I mean, my wife's a nurse. She's the, she's my sugar mama. Like <laughs> I, I like to call her. So she, sure she's, she loves that. She, uh, I don't know if she loves it or not, but she, she's the one making all the money in, in our relationship. And, well, I mean, yes and no. You I mean you're working. Uh, yeah. But a ton of hours st- too, but still all that money that I'm making, I'm saving and it's going directly right back into school. So yeah. just so I can finish it up, I'm paying, I'm going to be paying all of it out of pocket this okay. year probably. So I'm just trying to save up work as much as I can to pay for that. But I do I do feel like it's I'm getting to the point where I have I, I'm working to take the next step so I can start that next chapter to mm. where we're building or creating a family and maybe buying a house, stuff like that. Yeah. So just trying to put myself in the right situation, surrounding myself with good people to where if I have questions, they'll they'll be willing to answer them for me. So. Yeah. I mean, you're far better adjusted than I was <laughs> at 25, so you I definitely mean, got a good head on your shoulders. I mean, when I first met you, I was like, Leon's, he knows what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I he, mean, I don't... At least I, a little bit. I yeah, mean, a little bit. More, way more than I did. I was still <laughs> drinking myself silly all the time at 25, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I drink occasionally, but I don't I don't waste my time on getting shit-faced drunk yeah. all, every weekend or anything Right, you're not bad. going out to the bars no, every weekend and no. just... You're like, oh, this is my life. This yeah. is what I want to do all no, the time. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> not that's not who I am. Okay. So you just bought some heavy arrows. Let's get into that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what drove you to want to like I mean, what what made you go to that decision? So 
originally I heard it on Aaron Snyder's podcast, the mm-hmm. Kafaro cast, mm-hmm. and I heard him talking about it all the time. And I was like, shit, he's got a good point. And then I kind of <laughs> went back and like using the engineering that I've been studying. And I was right. like, momentum. I was like, okay, well, you have a lot more mass. You're going to have a lot more momentum going into it. And I was like, you know what? I I think I'm going to try this things out. Things are clicking here. Yeah, it's all all everything all the stars were aligning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to just go balls deep with it. So I bought myself a set of day 6 arrows and new new field points, new broadheads. Well, I'm I still need to buy my broadheads. I haven't bought them quite yet. Yeah. But uh, now we just weighed the arrows. I didn't realize how heavy they were. I, I was <laughs> like, 550. That's I, a good range. Yeah, I had a ballpark. I was like, eh, 520, 530. We weighed them. They're 550. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna full sender. Yeah, it'll be all right. I think it'll be fine. I but, mean, your bow's shooting great. I'm actually, like I told you earlier, I am actually surprised that it was tuned well. That's why I had you come over, is because you know we talked about it over the phone or yeah. whatever. Where you said you got it set up was a big box store and those are notoriously awful yeah definitely and i'm like you know i have my own bow shop that we're sitting in to record this so like i'm very i don't i'm very particular when it comes to people's bow like when my when it comes to my own bow setup for sure yeah no i think everybody should be yeah but i just i never had the equipment to do it and i i just never have learned so going like I've been meaning to learn. I just haven't had the time to try and learn it for right. now. So, like, it wasn't convenient, so to speak. Yeah. But now that I have a little bit of time and that I'm going to be finishing up school, I'll be able to start doing, like, my own tuning. And then, obviously, being with you, you showed me how to do it all right now. And I was like, I can I could do that. That's. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, not It's not that hard. It's not rocket science. No. It's no, not it's, mechanical it, engineering <laughs> either. <laughs> I mean, it is and it isn't. Like, it's not... I mean, it's, it's got basic, some engineering. It's it? basic stuff, so it's it's amazing to me when you know guys will be like, "Oh, field points and broadheads don't fly the same." I'm like, "Not exactly. They don't fly exactly the same. No, like the flight pattern will differ a little mm. bit, but they will hit the same spot. Yeah, as Ideally, long as everything is tuned. Yeah, they are supposed to. Yeah. but like the the thought process is like, no, that's not how it is. You just put your broadheads on and then you recite your bow into your broadheads. I'm like, that's not. No, that's not how that works. Like, that, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Like Aeroflight. So that, I mean, that's what we, that's why we do this podcast is, you know, we wanted to help people figure this, figure all this shit out because we know like, you know, there's, so we're in this group, this Facebook group, that's how Matt and Rob and I all met. Mm-hmm. And just knowing, just seeing all the facebook posts and everything of people being like i don't know what's wrong with my bow my bow doesn't shoot well i lost a deer it was really like it came down to people losing deer yeah and because more people hunt whitetail than anything else here but it came down to just seeing post after post after post of people losing deer and then they'd say well i was shooting a mechanical and that's light arrow yeah no (laughs) shit i don't i'm i'm not a believer in mechanicals at all so they they have their they have their place but like for whitetail, I guess it's probably all right. But when you shoot a, you know, three hundred and fifty grand arrow and say speed kills, and then you're shooting a mechanical on it, which that is fucker's gonna bounce right off of yeah, it. Yeah, it's you know, they're <laughs> I killed all the deer that I shot. I killed well until I moved to Oregon. I killed them all with a mechanical. So yeah. like, they work. I mean, I yeah, know they, they work they, if you like hit the you right said, spot. They got their place. But like. But it almost has to be a perfect situation oh, for a mechanical yeah. to work. Because if, if you, you don't hit them in a perfect spot yeah. or like between a rib or something, yeah, you're. When guys say that ideal. like you can't penetrate a whitetail shoulder, and I have broken elk bones, it's like, well, elk is you know four or five times larger than yeah. a whitetail. So <laughs> like, what do you mean you can't shoot through them? Yeah, you can. The op- the object should be to get two holes in that animal. Yeah, but you know you watch all the hunting shows and shit, and it's just. There's, you know, you get six inches of penetration, penetration. and then they're, <laughs> they're like, they're like, line. smoked them. It's like, no, yeah, I don't buddy. think you're going to find that one, man. <laughs> and then, you He's know, they, live, yeah, they go day. to the, they go to the cut, they cut scene to the next, like, obviously the next day, the deer's all bloated and shit. It's like, oh, it took you guys all night to find that one, huh? Yeah. No <laughs> Had to call in a tracking dog for that. <laughs> nice job. But that's pretty cool. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to use those heavier arrows. I think this year is going to be the year where I get a, hopefully a good sized bull or just a bull in general. It's been a couple of years since I got one. Yeah, and I'm hoping this year I'll be able to get one. Well, you're already, I mean, you're already more successful having killed one bull than 
a the majority of, of yeah. bow hunters in Oregon. And like, I don't know, like I've been so spoiled hunting with Dave that like my learning curve has cut down so much. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's good though. I mean, you surround yeah. yourself with good people. You learn fast and yeah. you, you learn what you need to do. Right. So like, like I was saying earlier, surrounding myself with those guys, those guides at Opal Butte. Yeah. They, you cut your learning curve down yeah, a ton. Well, well, they, you know, they've you, helped me so much. And then going out this spring bear, I, I had never gone spring bear hunting before. I've mm-hmm. done fall bear, but never spring bear. And yeah. And just knowing the fact that it's a completely different ball game and just surrounding myself with those people who've actually done it and have been successful, it just helps me out in the yeah. long run. So it, it's good surrounding myself with those guys. And yeah. I appreciate all everything that they've actually done for me and helped me and taught me along the way because I know I'm going to use that to my advantage. And let's just say a lot of shit's going to get a couple <laughs> dirt naps in <laughs> the near the future. Hope. Yeah, that's the hopes anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it like I know like how much I learned my first season or whatever hunting. Mm-hmm. I you know, I went out a couple times by myself and I got a bull just to bugle back at me and I was so pumped after just having a bull bugle back to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm on the right track. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. you know, I tell Dave that and he's like, that's it? Like you never saw one? I'm like, <laughs> no. Am uh-huh. I supposed to see one every time? He's like, yeah, that's the object. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... I'm excited for you to try those new heavy arrows. Yeah, I'm, Just I'm really excited. Yeah, I think we talked about it during bear season. I was interrogating you a little bit. I was like, what's your bow set up? What are you shooting? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. They're like 400 some grains maybe. I'm like, oof. Yeah, yeah I go heavier than that, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I finally nutted up and bought them, bought a set, and I, I'm liking them now. So they're hitting harder. The penetration's probably another four to five inches deeper than my previous arrows. Yeah. Like on my, just on my 18 and one target. Mm. And then the bow quieted down a lot as well. So that's something that people like you try to tell people that and they don't believe you. Like you're just like, yeah, like I didn't like all speed kills. It's like, well, not really. If your bow sounds like a 22 going off, like it's, if it's loud, they're going to react to the, like, especially if something's on alert, they're going to react to that first sound. Yep. And the speed of sound is far faster than any bow could ever be. So making that bow quieter i think you'll see a huge difference mm-hmm. like you're it's not like a trad bow where you'll probably get multiple shots but it you know, still will help yeah every little bit helps yeah my first my first bowl that i shot uh the arrow was you know i watched the arrow go in and it was through the bowl before he like turned to run like Even i noticed. You know, saw blood squirt out the backside and see the arrow keep going i was like oh sick <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty bad <laughs> hopefully i get to do that this season yeah and I mean, another reason I I wanted to go with a heavier arrow just because of potential bad shots or like if I were to hit a shoulder. I yeah. mean, with this heavier arrow, I should. I mean, it's not ideal. You don't want to be in that situation. No. But if I if I am in that situation, I should be able to blow through a shoulder, yeah, front it's shoulder, a, or something. I mean, it's a it's a plan B setup. Yeah, is yeah, what, exactly. That's what uh, what's the guy's name? Jeremy Johnson, I think. Johnston, or he has a book out. I can't remember. We had him on the podcast before, but it's a plan B. Like you know all things if all things are equal like if you hit hit the hit the elk in the right spot um it's gonna be the same like you're gonna get lethal penetration you're gonna get a pass through and that's the biggest argument against them against heavy arrows are just like well i've been doing it with a 400 grain arrow my whole life it's like yeah but have you lost a bull because you hit a shoulder blade oh yeah like (laughs) okay you didn't think to consider something else another option like no you just don't hit the shoulder it's like that's animals move man it's not that simple like it's not control everything no but if you can control something you should do it yeah Yeah, you should take advantage of that and that's that's exactly what i'm doing and why yeah i decided to go with a heavier arrow just because that just helps me with situations that aren't always ideal yeah i mean as soon as that arrow leaves your bow you're out of like it's not your control anymore nope, it's, nope, it's, it's all gone yep and I, don't, I mean i don't know if you had any bad experiences with like filming clients or anything last year did you at opal uh i had people miss okay so they didn't actually well no i lied uh one person hit a bull but it was back mm-hmm. and high it wasn't a perfectly placed shot and it was with a mechanical mm they it was a really good blood trail for like it it was a 
a it was shit a show? Shit, it, was a, <laughs> it was a complete shit show. We tracked it, hands and knees, pin drop blood, yeah. bam, bam. And then finally it got to a point where the arrow got ripped out. Mm. And that's when it started bleeding like a shit ton. Yeah. And then it started raining on us. Mm. So we we were losing the blood. Tra- well, I, w- I didn't lose it. Uh, Casey and the person who had shot it were like the blood trail was getting thin on them. The rest of us who were helping track, we ended up going back to the truck and said, fuck it, you guys, we, we're, <laughs> we're, we're over this. You go you go look for it. Yeah. So they were looking for it. And then they find they found where the elk bedded down and it uh, – it had stopped bleeding. So it it just laid down and it clotted up and quit bleeding. And I mean, that's, I mean, if you don't shoot it in a good spot, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's the scenario where a mechanical probably helped it a lot more. Once it got ripped out. Well, once it got ripped out, but also like a mechanical, when it hits back, that's yeah, it'll, it'll it'll open up the wound. Right. It makes a bigger bigger. wound channel. But if you've only like, if it's high, and you've only got one hole in it, then you want as much to well, come out of there. As one, you. it's gonna fill up like the body cavity wherever yeah. you hit it has to fill up with blood before it starts coming out of the hole. Yep. With the arrow in it, sometimes it can even stop the bleeding because it's plugging up part of that hole. Mm-hmm. But it also will, you know, the broadhead being in there will rip shit up and whatever. But uh, like my experience with mechanicals was just that they were never sharp afterwards. Like they were never like, now that I know what sharp is, they're like a one-time use though, aren't they? I mean, I've never uh, used a mechanical, so I couldn't really tell you. The blades are so thin that I would say, yes, they're a one-time use and yeah, trying can... to sharpen one. It's useless. Cause they're so yeah. thin. Like, you know, yeah. they're so thin. Just razor sharp. But yeah. They are sharp. They are initially, sharp. But after ish. you, yeah, but they don't stay like they don't, they None of mine stayed sharp all the way through an animal either. Yeah, they dole out like yeah. halfway through. Yeah, like, like you hit the hide and then you've got a dull head. That's not what you want. Yeah. So like you, s- you said, you're going to buy cutthroats, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the cutthroat, 150 yeah. grain cutthroat. You should bring those over and I'll sharpen them before the season. Because <laughs> right. yeah. So I have some of them and they come okay, but you can pay. Well, you can also pay RMS gear for like they can put that super sharp edge on them mm-hmm. for you. Well, I, I um, don't think I'm going to sharpen them in, like uh, initially. Yeah, because well, before the I w- season, you're yeah, going to yeah, shoot I'll, them first. I'm going to shoot them yeah. and stuff like that and kind of get my bow like completely dialed in for them. Yeah. And then I'll be able to sharpen them. Yeah, but, but it's amazing. Like, I thought that I knew what sharp was until I started talking to knife guy. Like, my one of my buddies is a really big knife guy, mm-hmm. and he was explaining to me, like, how to sharpen shit and make it just for my knives, like, how to make those super sharp. And, I you know, I would sharpen stuff on like the little bench made field sharpener and i'd send him pictures of the blade edge and he'd be like oh what is he, he that just fucking laughs yeah, at he's you. like what the <laughs> hell is that like that's not sharp i'm like well yeah i have to touch it up like you know quarter of the way through an elk and he's like uh yeah no you shouldn't have to do that really i mean sometimes sure but yeah but yeah well I mean, you had to do that this year with the, oh it was with, awful with your, that, dude that my, thing wouldn't have even cut through butter my knives are they were awful for bear season. I didn't sharpen them before. <laughs> I had the freaking sharpening kit, and I just didn't sharpen them because I'm an idiot. But now that I've got all my knives sharp, I'm like, oh, that's what a sharp blade is. Yeah, okay. yeah, shit, huh? Like that's a that's a big thing that people forget about with broadheads in general. Like you said, you shot Montex before. Yeah. I could never get those damn things sharp enough. Like I they never, they I work. Sh- I never sharpened them. Yeah, that's, I just that's scary. I, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I've got well, the the one we were shooting earlier. When I had it brand new, like I couldn't find, I didn't have a knife on me or something when mm-hmm. I was working on a bow one day and I was like, oh, I've got those brand new Montex in my tackle box. I'll just pull one of those out and cut serving and shit with it. Wouldn't even cut serving. <laughs> I'm like, I just pulled this out of the package. What is this? Yeah, that's not but, good. Yeah, like staying, like it's important to have a head that stays sharp. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people. Durable. Yeah, it's it's a main thing. I don't know if you're too too familiar with the 12 penetration factors. Uh, it's nope. the Dr. Ashby stuff. Oh, I've heard of the Ashby. Yeah. Well, I've heard of the Ashby theory. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So it, the theory is built on the 12 penetration factors. The first two things for arrow penetration are structural integrity and sharpness. arrow flight. Oh, okay. but sharpness we, you know, with our Matt, Rob and I have put sharpness into that structural integrity category because mm-hmm. if it doesn't stay sharp, like it's not, like the structure of the blade itself isn't that great okay. in our opinion. No, that makes sense. So like, yeah, it could be sharp when you first shoot something, but if it dulls on the entrance of the hide, like 
or or the bevel rounds or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. If you get a yeah. you know over it chips off or like mm-hmm. chipping is better than rounding just because if it chips off that means the rest of it probably stayed sharp. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's it's interesting to try to explain that to people because especially if you know they just buy store bought heads and they're like oh I cut myself with it it's got to be sharp it's like oh, sort of. I remember one time I was shooting into a a foam target and. It was, it was the first year I started archery hunting. I was originally doing field points, and then I shot broadheads into mm-hmm. it. And normally I would grab, like, the target close by the arrow, and I'd pull it out. And I did that with the broadhead. Oh, no. Holy <laughs> shit, I fucking sliced my whole hand oh, up. I was Jesus. bleeding. It was so bad, man. I, th- <laughs> I thought I was going to bleed out. It was so bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but then I good. finally got it. Like, I put a rag on it. Yeah. Got it all stopped and whatnot. <laughs> like, well, never going to do that yeah, again. Yeah, no so, like, now when I shoot with broadheads on, I'm, I'm like, You're like ah. six inches away from the arrow <laughs> pulling it out. It's like, yeah, you only do that shit once. You yeah. learn quick. Oh, yeah. Well, shit, man. Where can people find you? So, I'm mainly on Instagram. I mean, we have You're a super Facebook. heavy on Instagram. Yeah, I would say heavy on Instagram. But I do have it connected to my Facebook. So, like, anytime I post on Instagram, there's a Facebook post with it. Okay. But that is just at, at EO Boys. And then... With a Z. With a Z, not an S. Yes. Yeah, at EO Boys with a Z. <laughs> Did you do that because it looks cooler or just yeah. because you well, could Okay, so... The main reason I did it is because back in the day, I used my brothers and I used to watch this show, and my cousin and I used to watch this show or a movie. It was called Biker Boys. Okay, have you heard of that movie? No. <laughs> they they ride like uh, crotch rockets and shit okay. like that, and uh-huh. they were called Biker Boys, and they had like jackets, and they were all official and shit. So I liked the way the Z was, so I kind of just carried that out with me instead of being an S. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go with the Z. Eagle it looks Boys way with cooler. The Z. Yeah, yeah, it looks way cooler. <laughs> so I I just went with a Z. But then we got the the podcast. It's the EO Boys podcast. Mm. Simple. And Have you done? I I think I I'm subscribed to it, but I don't usually. You're on Podbean, right? So originally on Podbean, but we have it on iTunes and Podbean. Okay, cool. I haven't quite figured out how to do the other one, so <laughs> it's still in the works. But our main source is iTunes and Podbean. Sweet. Yeah. And you don't have a website yet. No, but it's you in the do work. Oh, we have a YouTube channel. You have a YouTube channel. It's yeah, just yeah. EO Boys on YouTube. We have okay. some pretty killer. So yeah, I've seen a couple of the videos. videos there, yeah, you there. do you do a good job. There, there was there's my favorite video. It's got the most views. It's a spot and stalk a lion, a mountain oh, lion. Oh fuck, I forgot about that, dude. That <laughs> th- that video alone was fucking badass. Yeah, my, um, I think my buddy and I, Chad, the one who was filming me, I think I could have stalked in with a bow and shot that lion with a bow just because the wind was good. Mm. The whole situation, it wasn't alert at all. Didn't even know we were there. I probably could have. Uh, stalked in and smacked it on the ass or something. That's how. That's how. <laughs> Would not recommend. Yeah, but. <laughs> probably not. Or yank on its tail or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a pretty good video. There's some foul language in there, so if you don't like that, don't watch it. But if, if you listen to this podcast it, long enough, you, yeah, if you're not you're a pussy, right go ahead it. and listen yeah. to it and or or watch it. You'll I think you'll get a kick out of it. The beginning yeah. of it's pretty slow, just because. I filmed from like where we got out of the truck and then hiked around and we're sitting there. It's probably, I think it's a 20 minute video, but it gets real good. Like after minute 15, that's when we start getting real close to it. So sweet. Something simple. And then there's a, there's a, another kill video, Bobcat shot a Bobcat out of a tree. We were using dogs, but still it's badass because a Bobcat comes flying out of a tree. It it flies (laughs) out of the tree and down off of this cliff and it just flies down to the bottom of the cliff and, you can see it in the video. We run up and get to the edge of the cliff, and like you can't see it anywhere just because hmm. it's a steep ass cliff. And you're, but, you have some footage from elk season last year, but it's for Opal Butte, right? Yeah. So I've got the video pretty much complete, but Casey he he wants me to still make some edits to it, and I just I can't figure out a way to edit what I have so far. Gotcha. I, I've cut down several minutes on it, but it's still a bit lengthy. It's mm. I think it's like a 17 minute video. That's not bad. And, I mean, it's not bad, but I think he says he'd like something closer to like 10 to 12. Hmm. So it, I don't really want because there's a lot of good footage on there. Yeah. Of well, like, yeah. Then it comes to the point of like cutting out the good shit. Yeah. But you and, could also, I mean, I guess you could. You could consider cutting it down and then just releasing, like, you know, you give him the one version that yeah. he wants and then release yeah. the rest of it with the extra and on your stuff, but. Yeah, I could, but he, he, he's got the rights. Well, I have rights to it, but he's got majority rights and I don't want to put anything out until he gives yeah, me yeah. the okay for it. Just 
I mean, being respectful to him. Right, and, right, right. And since he gave me the opportunity to go up there and film all that cool shit up there, yeah, I just I don't want to step on any toes or nothing. So that's I'm fair. I'm letting him make the decision <laughs> on when when that's released because it, it's pretty much done. It took me a lot of hours to get that film done. Nice. I mean, some things are pretty simple to do, but I'm still new to editing and all that good stuff. It takes so a long it, time. It, it takes a while. <laughs> and I added music and all kinds of shit in there. Yeah. So it, it's a decent it's a decent film. Nice. So, so if people want to buy stuff from you, like apparel-wise, they just reach out on Instagram or? Yeah, for the most part, that's if, just I mean, like, if they're not local, I guess. Yeah, if they're not local, yeah. then just reach out on Instagram. I, I mean, I'll mail it. And normally what I'll do is like if, venmo or something like that that works good yeah i haven't got the cash app or anything like that but i mean i could get it i could get paypal stuff like that but venmo um, works easy ven- Every, everybody should get yeah venmo. ven- venmo's pretty easy <laughs> i mean cash app's easy too but yeah. i just i just another I thing to keep track yeah of. and i don't i'm not too fond of like having my card information not just out there on on apps and shit right. like that so i mean I don't trust the government anyway. I don't either. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to have my shit out there anywhere. I don't huh? need Rus- Russian people to get it. True. <laughs> Sorry Very if you're true. Russian and listening to the podcast. But wow. <laughs> <laughs> we still like you as yeah. long as you're not yeah. Putin's right hand man. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you. Thank you for helping me oh, get shoot. my bow all tuned up. And I I can't have friends that shoot poorly tuned bows. Yeah, no shit. Can't right? do it. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> Hopefully now I shoot straight and kill something. I think you'll be all right. I think so, too. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, shorter than normal, but I'm sure Leon has shit to do today. So How? What is it? Oh, oh it, 50 minutes. It's pretty oh, good. That ain't bad. I, thought, huh. I thought we were well over an hour. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything else you want to talk about, I'm all, I'm all for it. I ain't got shit to do. Oh, hell, I don't know. I think we covered just about everything. Yeah, pretty much. We'll have you back on anyway, I'm all sure. Right. So Sweet. You're, you're close. That'll work. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thank you.